The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh, boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, you want to, oh, boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247. Pet Club 247. Kelly Victory joins me again today, as well as does Ed Dowd. He's always one of your favorite, and so we'll be watching you on the restream and over at the Rumble Rants. But uh, Ed Dowd joins us again today. I'm looking at some of his uh, new data. Uh, he will tell us where the data is coming from. He has a summary of individual excess cancer death and causes in the UK for 15 to 44-year-olds. And again, he's a, he is a business analyst. He is just a data analyst. And he gets accused of all kinds of wild things. So I want to uh, give him a chance to address some of the criticisms that are out there. And uh, his thing is, essentially, he was just saying to us, if, uh, if I lie and I'm raising money on behalf of that, not only will people be awfully angry with me, uh, there will be a big lawsuit. Uh, I do not want to lie or distort anything. I just want the facts. So we'll get into the facts after this. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin. Ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. I think everyone knows the next medical crisis could be just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of another pandemic or something much more routine like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their physicians on like Dr. McCullough frequently. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. It's really, it's a safety net. It's an insurance policy yeah, absolutely. that you hope you're not going to need. But if you need it, you sure as heck are going to wish you had it if you need it. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin, z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all these life-saving medications. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID-19, the wellness company's medical emergency kit 
is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help you and your family stay safe from whatever life throws at you next. Go to drdrew.com slash TWC. That is drdrew.com forward slash TWC to get 10% off today. Just click on that link. And as I promised, we'll have Kelly Victory in here after the break. I'm just setting up the Twitter spaces right now. And then, uh, whoa, my goodness, that didn't work at all, did it? Hold on a second. So, uh, Caleb, I'm going to have difficulty being on the Twitter spaces, I'm afraid, today. Uh, let's bring in Ed Dowd. Sure. Good, good to see you, Ed. Couple, couple of sort of quick business items. Explain to people what your career has been. Uh, bottom line, Wall Street uh, careerist uh, was in fixed income in the early part of my career. Capital markets, interest rates, money markets, uh, derivatives, what have you. Learned economic macro fundamentals. Went over to the equity side. Uh, did a stint at Donaldson, Lufkin, and Genret as an equity research associate in electric utilities. Went on to become a tech analyst and a portfolio manager at BlackRock, picking stocks for large cap growth portfolio. We grew it to about $14 billion over 10 years. So my job is to be early, right, and loud at the same time, and be ahead of the be ahead of the crowd. Notice trend changes, notice changes in earnings, macroeconomic fundamentals, and just general trends and uh, overall. And how did you crawl into this rabbit hole with us, the COVID rabbit hole? How did you end up here? Well, you know, I've I've I've, I've through my own personal journey, I became suspicious of lots of things, and. Uh, when uh, COVID happened, I was suspicious of what was going on. Just in general, the lockdowns, the masks, the strange contradictions, and uh, the suppression of early treatment. I was on to that early, so it made way for the EUA and the vaccine. I knew a lot about vaccines uh, from my stint on Wall Street that takes seven to 10 years for safety data. I knew this was a new novel technology, and I knew it was Operation Warp Speed. So I personally didn't take it, I was going to wait. And then early on, I heard anecdotes, and I know from statistics, uh, if a vaccine is safe, you, you know there are adverse events, but you shouldn't be hearing anecdotes, much less multiple anecdotes. So that opened my mind to looking at insurance data, funeral home data, and then I, you know, assembled a team, and we've dug into a bunch of public databases. I have a firm, Finance Technologies. We're in the process of, you know, our day job is uh, macroeconomic analysis and hedge fund. We're trying to raise money for a hedge fund. We've actually put that on hold because this work we're doing is so important. We spend all our time analyzing all-cause mortality, absence rates, disabilities. Now we're delving into you know causes of uh, deaths, and we found some data recently in the UK that you know I was on your show a couple couple I think a month and a half ago talking about cardiovascular deaths in the UK, fifteen to forty-four. Yeah. We put out a report on cancers. Uh, same thing. Uh, cancers is even more stunning because there was no signal there was a slight signal in 2020 on cardiovascular deaths there's no signal in 2020 on cancers and cancers are off the charts uh statistically in their signal is, is there yeah. is there better data at the uk or are they giving you better more access or both uh it was easier for my team to get to it we're we're literally right now working on the cdc data that won't be out till january so we're going to try to reproduce what we saw in the UK here in the US. So we'll go into causes and, and that kind of thing, ICD-10 code. So that's coming. It's uh, it's a little trickier. And we'll when we, when we reveal the data, we'll show how 
and why it's been trickier for most people to analyze this. But we'll, we'll have to wait until the report. And, and you mentioned the concern you had about warp speed. I noticed you tweeted something today, a little video. I, I, there was a PhD researcher who was chronicling the evolution of COVID from its first report through the initial outbreak to identifying an organism to having a gold standard test to having an entire genome all in about 17 days. So talk to me about the probability of that and what you think that is. So look, I, 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 this is all speculation, but you know, I'm a data guy and I create an analyst mosaic and I know Nick Hudson, he and I have talked, he's, he's brilliant and he's, he's all over this. All he did was simplistically track in the news, some events. And these events occurred so quickly that it, it, it smacks of not able to be done. It, it, meaning that we know how science works, we know how communication works. It seems that the chain of events happened in such a twenty a short, I think, twenty six day period that it was yeah. very incredible that we were shipping PCR tests uh, within days of the of the virus uh, appearing, which is very interesting. It, it raises questions, and in my mind, you know, it 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 clearly states that something something strange was going on. This was not a normal random occurrence of events that perhaps. Yeah. It was some planning. That's all I'm going to say. Perhaps there was some planning. Well, let me let me let me um, pose a question. That by posing the question, when when I started thinking about the question, some other sort of ideas opened to me, and that was I started thinking. Look, we know that a large part of the pathogenesis of COVID nineteen, the pathology is caused by the spike protein. So why in the world? would they create a vaccine that floods the body with the pathogenic protein? And I thought, oh, well, the only way that would have happened is if when they opened the warp speed sort of uh, door, they already had all this information. They already fully studied the spike protein. They had everything needed on the spike protein because they knew that that organism was going to be a bioweapon. Somebody knew. And so they'd studied the hell out of the, out of the spike protein. So you now have a way to create a vaccine, come what may. You know, like, they, again, it's warp speed. You take risks. And now you have a way to screen for it with a... With a um, a screening instrument, and you're zeroed all the way in on the genome already. You just run it again. It, does that make sense? Do you think that's what was happening? It makes no sense to me. Um, again, I wasn't in the room, but if I had to bet money on it, I'd bet that uh, this was a planned event. And I, I, I didn't think that, but as time rolls on and we do more, you know, investigations of the past, it's, it's look. I, I wasn't aware of that timeline, and that shocked me. Planned by China, planned by us, planned I, by... No, I don't know. I wasn't in the room. All I know is the timeline is impossible. And I think you would agree Wait, with you're that. Lo well. You're losing so me on the, on the... You're losing me on the plan. But did, did you hear my little theory? My theory is they were so deep in this virus, they had all they needed on the spike protein to create a test and a vaccine because they'd studied the hell out of it in case God, you know, somebody broke one loose. 
And so they already were locked and loaded and could walk down that path in two weeks very quickly. That's why they didn't make the vaccine well, against well, the nucleocapsid protein. What, 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 you're, what you're saying is they already knew what was going on because they've been studying it and it leaked. And then they had the, they were ready to go. Well, they okay. knew right. That, they knew they knew what the they they studied the hell out of it. Like they like why would they right. choose a vaccine that floods the body with the pathogenic protein? That's that, that's the question. I, I think to myself, why would they do that? It makes no sense. There's another protein that's ubiquitous with the virus, the nucleocapsid protein. They could have directed everything at that, but they didn't because they weren't they weren't thinking about a pandemic they were thinking about a bioweapon and so they had everything they needed to go at and create the spike protein and have a vaccine that produced the spike protein, etc everything we went through it makes sense to me that they were locked and loaded for that and it was a mistake frankly and it's and what's bizarre is that we don't go back and create a vaccine against a less pathogenic protein weird yeah no so i mean there's two so it's two theories it was a it was a plan and it was a yeah it was they, it was a not an intentional plan, but a plan for a bioweapon that leaked, but they had all the yeah. information ready to go. So that's why it went so fast. That those two yeah. competing theories yeah. make sense. But, yeah. but David you know, Martin the sort timeline, of the timeline is, is 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 nonsense if it was a novel pathogen that no one knew anything about. Right. Uh, and David Martin was sort of saying the same thing. Uh, here we go. I can't get this thing to settle down, my stupid phone. Uh, all right, so a couple things. Uh, Kelly's going to be in here just a second. There's a couple things um, I want to get into here with you. Uh, somebody asked me to ask you about, I guess there's some controversy about the case that was on the cover of your book or something. I really don't know what, can you, can you address that? Am I, do you know what that is all about? Uh, yeah, so apparently someone uh, was on the cover of the book and th they didn't take the vaccine. We never claimed anyone took the vaccine or didn't. It was just we were just reporting uh, stories that were publicly available, fair use, and we were accumulating. We never commented on any one individual. And I, I had nothing to do with the uh, what what I had nothing to do with the choice of editorial decisions for the cover. And I think Skyhorse has uh, changed the cover. That, that's the last I know. Oh. But I had no editorial decisions. All right. And then the other question was, I, 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 this seems to have settled down recently, but it seemed like six weeks ago, I, I saw a lot of noise. Ed Dowd's lying. He's lying. And I, whenever people bring up lying, I just think, well, you, in, order, in order to uh, accuse somebody of lying, you're going to have to convince me what their motivation is. You know, like, it, what, why would Ed Down be lying? Please help me understand that. So did, did you get a chance to address any of that criticism or what that was all about or what they were? Was there some error somewhere that somebody uncovered and then says, oh, that was a motivated error? No, I mean, the, the, most, of the, most of the people that were coming into my comments didn't even read the report. Uh, you got to read the report. If you want to criticize us, go read our 45-page PDF and specifically call out, which we call out ourselves, is the lack of reporting of some of the causes. There's 8% missing in 2021 and 30% in 2022. We make adjustments for those. You can question those adjustments. But even uh, on the cancer signal, without before we even adjust it, we have a signal of four uh, standard deviations of cancer with 30% of the autopsies not in yet. So for that age group. So you should, get, we, should we bring up some of that data? 
What's that? Should we bring up some of that? Should we bring up some of that new data before we bring Kelly in here? Yeah. So this is just a summation of uh, specific causes um, of of the data. Let me let me go to it because there's so many numbers these days. Why, Ed? Why? Why doesn't one country on Earth investigate excess deaths? I, to me, that's the oddest thing of all. That that excess deaths have been well documented. There's nobody's debating it. And then when you go at trying to figure out what happened, I, I can't think of one country that's done a careful analysis. What? What? What well, is let's, that? Let's let's, let's 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 pick on Australia because they, you know, they locked down. They did everything that was recommended to the 10th degree. They had minus four excess deaths or my, yeah, minus, I think minus four or 2% excess deaths in 2020. Uh, they went up mm -hmm. to 4% in 2021 and then 16% in 2022. And so the question has, and, and they don't even want to talk about it in Australia. So the question needs to be asked, forget the vaccine for a moment. Whatever the health authorities did, it resulted in more people dying in 2022 than 2020. Right, right. So that's right. This, this, that's it. And no one wants to talk about yeah. this until they want to talk yeah. about it. You know, uh, you know, they got nothing against what we're doing. We're just reporting numbers. This is, you know, the narrative around the numbers is whatever you want it to be, but they don't even want to acknowledge the numbers. And I find that just to be interesting. But not any country on earth. That's just like, what? Wouldn't one of the somebody want? I, anyway, I, but I, I don't I don't get it. But I, I have begun to hear more about people getting really serious illnesses uh, that they were sent home without treatment during lockdown. That that is a that is a phenomenon I'm beginning to hear more about. So I'm perfectly prepared to accept that some of the numbers, if not all. Or related to that, but let's be clear: it's because you locked everybody down and sent everybody home, wouldn't let doctors and hospitals function normally. So I, I, we need to be honest about that. Well, and you know, if that if, if that was the case, we would have seen a trailing off of uh, excess mortality. Uh, now, unfortunately, it's continuing in 2023. Uh, we had 13% excess mortality in the Society of Actuary numbers group life, very specific, healthy group in Q1, 18% in Q2, and I'm hearing it's going to be 32% in, in this most recent quarter. Isn't, isn't cardiovascular starting to drop off a bit? I thought I saw those numbers. I have no idea uh, what you're referring to. Uh, oh, I don't either, unfortunately. Have you, I'm just wondering if you've seen any drop off. Uh, we don't have 2023 data uh, uh, for the cardiovascular or cancer report that we did. So that's going to come. So it may it may have dropped off. I wouldn't know because we don't have 23 data that drills down into causes. We do have all cause excess mortality numbers in the UK, and that's for that for the 15 to 44. It went to a new high. And where would you like people to go to read the document? Yeah, uh, financetechnologies.com under the Humanity Project. There it is. PH with a PH. Yeah, and. Uh, that's, you know, you can read all our reports. We have project after project after project that, uh, you know, is backed by, uh, a, you know, a full report PDF. We have a summary on the website. We list all our data sources. We link all sorts of reports in. We sometimes use outside papers we refer to. But it's, it's, it's basically what we call an analyst mosaic because it's just, it's, it's report after report, the report that points to something odd going on in disabilities, deaths and injuries. 
And, you know, you can draw, draw your own conclusions. We, we even say in our own uh, conclusions, we think it's the vaccine, but it could be this, this, and this, and this. And then each report's different. Right. So go, go check it out. Go right. read it. If you want to criticize us, read it first. And then the book, if you could throw that up, Caleb, is Cause Unknown. That was uh, written earlier on. There it is. Uh, Ed Dowd. Uh, okay, let's get uh, Dr. Kelly Victory in here with Ed Dowd. Uh, again, it's financetechnologies.com, P-H-I-N-A-N-C-E, technologies.com, if you want to uh, read the document or see the other reports there. Ed Dowd very kindly joins us again from Hawaii, which uh, we we're very getting very familiar with his iconic background now, which has been touring touring the, the world in various uh, podcasts and, and streaming shows. So we'll get right back to Kelly Victory and Dr. Ed Dowd after this. Head down. If you're trying to figure out the right present for someone, you will not go wrong with gifting the most comfortable sheets, clothing, and accessories that your friends and family have ever felt. Of course, I'm talking about Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth has the softest and most comfortable sheets, blankets, towels, PJs, joggers, and more guaranteed. Susan and I love them. In fact, we still have Cozy Earth sheets on our bed. I slept in them last night. I was thinking about how great they were. And look at this, I'm wearing one of their super comfortable t-shirts right now. I don't get, I just can't get enough of Cozy Earth. Their sheets are durable, machine washable, and come with a 10-year warranty against defects. So no surprise that Cozy Earth's brand has been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things for five years in a row. Whether it's their luxury pajamas, super soft bedding, loungewear, or plush bath towels, you will love shopping and gift-giving at Cozy Earth. Here's my gift to you this holiday season. Go to CozyEarth.com, enter code DREW, to save 40%. That's CozyEarth.com with code DREW. CozyEarth.com, code DREW, save 40%. Thanksgiving is almost here, which means it's time for the best GenuSale sale of the year. Just in time for the holidays, save over 60% off both of our personally tailored GenuSale skincare packages at GenuSale.com slash DREW so you can look your very best at all of your Thanksgiving gatherings. Look 10, 15, 20 years younger, guaranteed with the best natural skincare anywhere. Take advantage of GenuCell's best sale of the year and say goodbye to fine lines, crow's feet, puffiness, and dark spots. The GenuCell experience is like no other, but don't take my word for it. You will look and feel your absolute best or your money back, no questions asked. So for results in 12 hours or less, GenuCell's immediate effects is included for free. Plus, if you go to GenuCell.com slash Drew now, you'll get a free upgrade to priority shipping. That is GenuCell.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Drew. Some platforms have banned the discussion of controversial topics. If this episode ends here, the rest of the show is available at drdrew.tv. nothing in medicine that doesn't boil down to a risk-benefit calculation. It is the mandate public health to consider the impact of any particular mitigation scheme on the entire population. This is uncharted territory, Drew. And Kelly, we went to you a little prematurely there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. about that. It's, sorry, <laughs> Kelly. It's all right. sorry. I it's pressed right. the wrong button. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> in, in fact, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that that we many many hundreds of shows we have done or whatever the number has been that's never happened so good for you exactly it, it stands out so so right. uh, Kelly, hey. of course i give your friend ed dowd 
Hey, Ed, always great to have you on. I've got gobs of things to ask you about, including I want to talk about some of the pending lawsuits that are just hitting the news and some of that I certainly want to get into, uh, at least momentarily, this recent data um, on the cancer signals. But before I do, I want to give you a minute to talk about, because I was listening to you guys banter back and forth, and people are constantly emailing me, calling me, texting me, saying, you know, have you looked at this data? Have you looked at this data? Let's talk about data because it is incredibly important. Everybody's got a bucket of numbers. Everybody's got a bucket of studies or a bucket of, of, of cases that they're looking at. It is incredibly important from my perspective as a physician and your perspective as somebody who has credibility in the finance world to know that you have veracity and, and data that you can actually rely on and that the data itself, people can't poke holes in. They may poke holes in your conclusion or in you know how you've crunched the data. Talk about your data versus others and where you get it and why you believe in it and why we as, as you know viewers should trust the data at least that you and your group are presenting. We're using publicly available databases from government sources and, uh, you know, we've used uh, uh, death statistics, uh, Eurostat, ONS, uh, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, some ONS uh, labor statistics, and they're publicly available databases. And in every report that we detail, we start off with, at the beginning of the report, the data, and we list all our data sources and where they're coming from. So that's what we do. I've gotten, uh, over the course of the last year and a half, emails from people wanting to deliver me spreadsheets as they claim their XYZ whistleblower from here, from there, and they're going to send me spreadsheets and want me to analyze it. And I say, well, that's great. Are you going to go, on, uh, go out public as a whistleblower? Will there be chain of custody? The answer is usually no. And I'm not going to analyze a, a batch of Excel spreadsheet uh, cells and, 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 and comment on them because I don't know where the data is coming from. So we've been able, the body of work we've done is from publicly available data. It's it's it can be recreated if people want to. And there it is. It's there. And we list every data source. We're not making stuff up. We we do our own analysis. So there can be questions about how we interpret the data, but not the data. The data is the data. And I, and I really appreciate and respect that. And I think it's important for people to have heard that because as certain as I am, and I am 100% certain that these vaccines are the cause of a vast number of these serious adverse events, I am also incredibly careful not to just jump on a bandwagon and take something that fits my narrative and say, see here, look at these numbers, because unless you are absolutely certain and, and have that chain of, of custody, you know where that data came from and that it is reliable data that's being analyzed, uh, then what you've got is junk and it, it really undermines our, our, our efforts, I think. So I appreciate that piece of it. Um, Let's talk specifically, and I think you've got a graph. I know you're not going to get too much into the weeds on it, but talk about the cancer signal. We've heard so much about the cardiovascular signals. Most people, you'd have to be living under a rock at this point to not understand that we've had a huge increase in heart-related issues following these vaccines, whether it's myocarditis or sudden cardiac death or whatever. But the cancer one is a little more subtle. I had predicted it, tragically, from the very beginning because of the profoundly negative impact that these shots have on the immune system. Um, now we are seeing it bear out in, in the numbers, I believe, but I want you to talk a little bit about what you're seeing in terms of cancer signal. 
Yeah, so we did a, a cancer report on just overall cancer deaths, excess cancer deaths in the age group 15 to 44 in the UK. And in that report, we found a um, you know negative 1% uh, excess deaths in 2020, 13% in 21, and 43% in 22. And so statistically, there was no signal in 2020 of excess cancer deaths. Then there was a five standard deviation signal with that 13% rise. And with the 43% rise, it was 16 standard deviations and just all cancers, all forms of cancers. Then we did a follow-up Caleb, report and we went. Can, go I was going to say, can, can, Caleb, can Caleb, while you're talking these numbers, because I think the, the graph is so illustrative. Well, um, Caleb, Caleb can put these numbers up. Which uh, graph is this? About this the, graph? the next report we did, the moment the bar It's chart. about the cancers. The bar yes. chart with the cancers. The neoplasm, malignant neoplasms, is that yes. cancers? Yes, uh, Cancers yeah. for the, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was cancer. Hold on, I'm putting it right now. Neoplasms is cancers, yeah. So this is a, a in our follow-up report, we had a second report that delved down into specific causes of cancer. And you can see, uh, we, we, we went into five major ones, uh, breast, brain, colon, without spe specification of site and skin cancer. And we, we focus on uh, without specification of site because people are talking about turbo cancers and without specification of site, is, they, 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 it's, it's everywhere. So that's kind of, we're thinking the increase in that may, may again, this is speculation, may be what the, the turbo cancers that people are talking about. And you can see the stunning excess growth in the age group 15 to 44 in those different cancers. So th these reports are available on our website. They're very long. They're mostly for doctors, uh, but we have a cancer signal. And, the can and mm -hmm. we had a cancer signal. And the, our methodology is to make adjustments for the missing, missing autopsies in 22 and 21. Even without that, we have a four standard deviation cancer signal in 2022 with 30% of the autopsies missing. So it's, it's registered de deaths versus the causes. And so once those all get reported, you know, we, we, we think our calculations will approximate what we, what we said, but there's a four standard deviation signal with only with 30% of the records missing. And, and unfortunately I can say fr from a, from a physician's standpoint, it is predictable that if you're going to have uh, ill effects on multiple organ systems, say on the immune system, on the renal system, on the on the cardiovascular system, you would expect those things to occur relatively quickly. Uh, effect on the heart, for example, and you would certainly expect, unfortunately, cancers to be a trailing indicator because it takes a while for cancers to develop. It takes a while for cells to mutate form into a cancer and to rear their ugly heads. It takes a while, it doesn't happen overnight. So I, Drew asked you about what you're seeing in terms of trend lines. If you're seeing some of these things tail off now, whether it's infertility issues, you know, spontaneous miscarriages, cardiac events, um, you know, I'd like to hear what you're seeing in terms of the trends of all of this or just disability uh, numbers in general, uh, because I, I hate to, to predict it again, but I'm guessing we're going to see an increase in the cancer trend line, even if the other trend lines start to, to go down. Well, what we do know is excess all-cause mortality in 2023 is running at the highest for 15 to 44 right now, at all-time high. So we can assume these trends probably don't go down, but we don't have the data. 
what we do have is disability data in the US and uh, in the UK. And, it, and it's it's going up, it started going up again in June. So morbidity leads mortality. And we have you know more real-time society of actuary numbers that show an acceleration in excess mortality in the millennial age group. So I, you know, without the data, can't say definitively, but the trend unfortunately is not going to be your friend once we get the 23 right. data on cardiovascular and yeah. cancers in the UK. And unfortunately, I can tell you, you know, although I don't have a graph to show it, I can say what we are seeing observationally with regard to these cancers, and I've reported this before, we are seeing types of cancers in groups of people in whom we would never normally see them. For example, advanced colon cancers in people in their 20s and 30s, where the average you know, onset of colon cancer is normally in the mid 50s. We're seeing very aggressive malignant melanomas in people in their 20s, lymphomas and leukemias in people in their late teens and early 20s, and, and so forth. So we're seeing very unusual cancers, not only in terms of the rate of growth, but occurring in a patient population where it, it was previously not seen. So uh, I'm hoping that that trend doesn't continue, but uh, I have my doubts. Um, switch gears for a second here. You and Drew were talking about the PCR test. I find this somewhat amusing almost. The PCR test you know, was designed, completely faulty test. It was never intended to be used in the way it was used. It's not a diagnostic test. It wasn't supposed to be used that way, but uh, lo and behold, it was used and was you know formulated it was created to pick up the spike protein on covid don't you find it curious that we need to get a new booster for covid you know about every 15 minutes because the you know the spike protein mutates and therefore you need a different vaccine based on that new spike protein but isn't it interesting they never had to change the pcr test uh, I, I believe they can cycle it up or down depending upon the result that, that, but, that is wanted. But but they didn't change the, the. It's still predicated on the original Wuhan strain, the that the spike the, the a spike that has been out of existence for oh two and a half almost three years now. They didn't change the PCR test. They changed the boosters. They changed the vaccines because the spike mutates and, and they know that it doesn't work on the uh, Wuhan strain anymore because the Wuhan strain's been gone. But they didn't change the PCR test. And I would submit it's because you could stick that thing in a bowl of guacamole and get a positive test because <laughs> it doesn't actually uh, pick up anything uh, likely related to, um, to, to the spike protein. In other words, I think it's utter bullshit. Um, because otherwise they would have had to create new PCR tests as the, as the, am I missing this, Drew? I mean, I'm not a PCR test no, expert, I, I, but I can tell you right I, now. I wonder <laughs> about that. I, tell them what happened to me I, this week. Yeah, we, we, Susan insists on. I got COVID again, Kelly. Well, she insists you on did testing her herself every time. <laughs> right, exactly. She, she, to your point, she, every time she gets a runny nose, she does a COVID, runs to a COVID test and mm -hmm. she's had, weekly positive results two in in a very short period of time i don't believe Every either month, one not of them weekly i'm not sick weekly i i just am I posing just got, it I, that you know i'm just posing it susan that if you have to get a new booster because the old ones don't work because the virus has mutated right. so much why didn't you need to change the pcr test why are we using the same exactly. pcr test that we used four years ago i'm just throwing that out there yeah for and your, these uh, are really old they were in the closet so that's why i took mm -hmm. it yeah you're right. Yeah. You know what, Kelly? Um, I'm starting to really believe you. 
Let's Didn't talk. I, started, yeah. Did not believe me, but okay. You're, takes what you're it welcome, takes. Drew. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the um, some of the lawsuits. You made a, 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 a really, I think, important point before we came on, Ed, when we were in the in the green room, that nothing really changed with regard to tobacco litigation until states' attorneys general started you know, filing lawsuits and really going after the tobacco manufacturers. Um, let's talk about some of the suits that are kind of pending, that are kind of percolating out there, what we're seeing, uh, and where you think some of those might go. Well, and, and by the way, Kelly, you said there the one's a criminal investigation, right? Texas is actually, is it not a criminal question? I, I think it is, but that's why I want Ed to talk yeah. about this a little bit. Let's talk yeah. about that there's several different lawsuits out there. Well, I, I, I've not been following all the different lawsuits. I, what I really wanted to see was a state's attorney general come into the uh, into the game. And now they have. And like the, the, the tobacco wars, once those guys got in there, they, they were able to get discovery. Now, if Texas can't get discovery, then my point's moot. But discovery will, uh, you know, uh, give us a lot more information as to what really happened and when. So I'm very excited about this lawsuit. I hope we get discovery. I'm not a lawyer, but there's something about um, state's attorney generals using certain uh, leverage to get discovery. So we'll see what happens. But this is, the, I think, uh, a watershed uh, lawsuit that is a big deal for me, at least. A lot of the individual ones, you know, again, those are those are harder to quantify. But this this has got uh, also has the ability for other states to pile on, so we could get uh, other states to start to come in here as well. And um, I want to make a prediction. I think uh, Albert Borla probably won't be CEO next year, and the new CEO will likely be a lawyer. And if not, he should be a lawyer. <laughs> well, I, the reason I think the reason I think this is a really a, a pivotal lawsuit in Texas because, as you said, Drew, um, whether it's what they are posing here again is that the pharmaceutical companies lied that they committed fraud. Yeah. And the reason that is critically important to me is that the emergency use authorization and the protections that went along with that, the blanket liability protections that the pharmaceutical companies enjoy as a result of the emergency use authorization go away if you can prove fraud. Okay, they are not protected against liability if they were fraud, if they committed fraud, if they lied to the FDA, if they hid information about adverse events, if they didn't fully disclose information that they knew that might have impacted whether or not the FDA granted the EUA and on and on. So I think these lawsuits are critically important because our ability to prove fraud and therefore perhaps offer some element of recourse for the millions and millions of people who've been harmed by these things. I think that's important because right now, all of the people who have a vaccine injury or who are disabled by these things are kind of hanging out there without any recourse um, because of the, the liability issues. So I think it's important from that perspective. Um, any other suits that we should be following, Drew, that you've been looking at other than the one in Texas? No, well, that the, that to me has been the most for the reason that Ed yeah. was talking about the, the the fact that it's a criminal investigation and that somebody who can get discovery. But you you said something there, uh, Ed, that caught my attention was what if they're not able to get discovery? In what world is that possible? 
How does that work? Is it just magically things are going to be lost? Is that what we're talking about here? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, I, I'm not a lawyer, so I, I don't I don't know the intricacies of uh, of what happened in the tobacco uh, wars. But I, 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 I they did get discovery, and that was the the, the big event. And whether or not the, the same uh, engines of uh, discovery are available to to Ken Paxson, I don't know. But I think they are. I'm just being careful and making sure that I don't, you know, say it's a, a, a done deal and they're going to get discovery. But I'm pretty sure they're going to. They'll be following on um, uh, uh, states coming on board. And, uh, you know, in the tobacco wars, you, uh, the Philip Morris, uh, they, mm-hmm. their CEOs going forward are all lawyers. So I think we're going to see a rash of lawyers yeah. become CEOs of political companies. Yeah. Well, the, no, the, you know, the numbers that the numbers that are being thrown around, I'm not saying by you, Ed, um, I, I don't know if you actually come to a conclusion in terms of how many um, millions of people you you think have been harmed or, or killed by these vaccines. But certainly others have done that. You know, uh, we've had Steve Kirsch on this show before. The number he's throwing around is he's saying that he believes 10 million people have been killed by the shots. He's putting it at one in a thousand people who received the shots may have been uh, mortally wounded by them. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not uh, saying that I that his uh, data is um it doesn't fit for can me. Be, can be, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying that the numbers that people are throwing out are really quite yeah. um, enormous and, and overwhelming. Astonishing. Um, astonishing is a, yeah, astonishing. Um, and we may never get to, but even if it's a mere fraction of those numbers, if, if it was a one hundredth of that number, it would still be absolutely, you know, insane. Uh, and we need to, we need to get to the bottom of it. And speaking Here's a of Ed, I w- uh, excuse me. Speaking of, speaking of Steve, did did Ed, did you see the uh, New Zealand whistleblower data? Were you, did you have a chance? That's to look what at I was just going to ask about. Yeah. Oh, no, we didn't, we didn't, we did not look at it, and we you know per our policy, we're not going to look at it because it's and again apparently there there's a uh, whoever does look at it is having their whole data wiped out. So uh, currently under the the current regime, we will not touch the data. Kevin McKernan lost wow. all his data from the web hosting company. Uh-huh. Made an inquiry into the web hosting company. Apparently, the web hosting company nuked all his data, including his genomic data. That is oh. crazy. Yeah. And oh. a slightly different you- topic. Go ahead, Kelly, go ahead. I was going to say, I just, this is sort of just a, uh, you know, postulating question, and I would pose it to both of you. Um, do you have a feeling for how, what percentage of the population here in the United States, at least, has been vaccinated? It's a question people ask me all the time. I, I know the numbers that the CDC is uh, is promoting. I know uh, the number that I think it likely is. I, you know, I would submit to you that people had an, a uh, motivation early on to lie about being vaccinated when they weren't because right. they wanted to fly right. or go to the concert or whatever. So a lot of people who weren't vaccinated falsified <laughs> documents and said they were. Now, fast forward, I think people have some motivation to say they weren't aren't vaccinated when maybe they in mm-hmm. fact are because they feel duped or stupid or whatever whatever it is. But you know, do you have a feel, Ed, for what percentage of the population you believe is vaccinated? You know, we haven't looked into that. I mean, we're the number we heard, we've all heard is around 70%, 30% unvaccinated. And you know, that's I, I gotta go with what. What, what they're saying, uh, it could be, you know, plus or minus 10. I don't know. What I do know, and I didn't know at the time because I never got involved 
in falsification of vaccine identification mm -hmm. because I, I felt personally that to do so would be to comply with the system. So I was a uh, trying to not comply. So I never got involved in that scene. But I'm hearing stories now, you know, as time rolls on. Of, oh, I got a fake mm -hmm. one. I got a, And I'm like, right. oh, gee, I wasn't aware. So that I'm sure that, hearing that's more about that. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's and what Kelly, I'm saying. Is that I did, I did the same as you, Ed. Just so you know, I just said I'm not getting vaccinated, and therefore I don't need a fake vaccine card because I'm not doing yeah. it because it's wrong. And you know, um, but that said, I know a heck of a lot of people who did, uh, and so I and we will never. Know, I don't think we'll ever actually know. The, the real numbers. I, the, true. the government certainly doesn't. I mean, think about the number of yeah. people who are getting vaccinated in the parking lot at the local Walmart in some pop-up tent and somebody taking, yep. you know, notes on paper. You know, it was so, you know, loosey-goosey, you know, nobody will ever really, I think, sort out what, what actually happened, you know, and, and what, you know, all it would take is somebody, you know, human error to transpose one number on a, you know, on, on a telephone number or a, a name They were written by hand in ledgers. You know, these things were not exactly done, you know, um, in any way that would, that would allow them to be reproduced in sort of a, you know, an, an actual database. But what's your thing, thinking, Drew? You think the 70 number is in the ballpark? I, I, it's a number that it, it fits for me. It's sort of, it's ballpark. I, I, you know, it might be as low as 60. It might be as high as 73 or 74, but I, I think it's in the zone. And uh, I'm also thinking about uh, a couple of other things. Um, I, I don't adhere to this notion, but I hear people throwing around this idea that, some of the little seasonal outbreaks that we're seeing may be amplified by some sort of immune suppression from the vaccine in children in particular. So we're seeing RSV and influenza and mycoplasma kind of spin around I, as it normally does. Uh, and I know Kelly, just as a, a quick sidebar here, Kelly was with Deborah Burks on Newsmax on Saturday, which I dutifully ran to the television and filmed filmed it on my phone for Susan. And uh, I was stunned by, you got your licks in, which I thought was great, uh, but I was stunned at Deborah Burke's tune change. She did not mention vaccine once, and she went on and on about how there are so many great treatments now for mycoplasma, which has always been treatable. For influenza, again, we could debate that. I'm hearing sort of bad data on Tamiflu and influenza. Uh, and, and then she also included RSV and COVID, treatments for COVID. Something I've been screaming about for three years. They've not mentioned treatment once. And she suddenly completely went over to the treatment side. What did you think of that, Kelly? Oh, oh my God. I, I mean, I was apoplectic. I thought, oh, please come back to me. Please come back to me. Please come back to me so I can just, um, you know, rip this open. Yeah, she had that smarmy smile on her face as uh, she's saying the important uh, thing is for people to get diagnosed so we can treat them because we can easily treat pneumonia and RSV and COVID. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, you denied yeah. <laughs> that you could treat COVID. There was yeah. no treatment. You know, wait till you turn blue and then come into the hospital. So no, no treatment but, until uh, that I, interview that morning, I, I, that I, I day know. was the first mention of treatment in three years. But I hopefully opened. I, I I had to. You know, when you when you don't know how long the segment's going to be, and you don't know what they're going to ask, and you don't yeah. know which guests they'll start yeah. with, I I essentially did the interview like this. I. Good morning. Boom. <laughs> I, 
I just yeah. I unloaded with both barrels right out of the uh, the, the word right the word the d- debacle came out of uh, <laughs> Kelly's mouth in the first seven words. <laughs> it, it did so uh, anyway, but yeah. uh, it, so we'll never know. Back to the question of how many people have been vaccinated. I don't think we'll ever know. I hope that you're right. I hope it is only sixty or percent of the population because that will given the data that ed has been reporting on for the past you know what's it been to, you've been reporting on this for what two years ed uh two i years started ed? yeah i started in uh really getting going in the fall of 21 just by myself then i uh, got you know an insurance whistleblower or two right. and then I formed so since fall of 21 but it's really become very professionalized in June of 2022, when we started really doing the work, yeah. But, can, and, can, and it, I, other than the than the extreme uh, sigmas, you know, the eight sigmas or whatever you're seeing here, have there been any other surprises along the road since we last spoken to you? In particular, either way, where things were worse than you thought, or things were better than you thought. Um, I was hopeful things were getting better this summer with the uh, disability data, and they they were going sideways. And so it wasn't a break of trend. And look, I, I'm not rooting for death and disability. I, I want I want this to go away. And I, you know, this is not a full time job. We're, we're you know we're going to raise capital and we're going to you know do our thing in the financial markets. This is something I just we just thought was a public service because the supposed watchdogs of the of the globe don't seem to be caring about these signals. And I was hoping things would right. start to get better in 2022. Unfortunately, or 23. They reaccelerated with the U.S. disability. So, I, you know, I can't say things are getting better. Uh, I suspect they're getting reaccelerated again. But I want to, I want to just hope that this goes away. But unfortunately, it's lingering. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's my question was, and Drew may have asked this before in a different version. Are you seeing the disability? You know, disability numbers are those. The first thing I was aware that you reported on was disability, even before anything else was the disability numbers early on. And we had seen um, those reported by the uh, insurance companies. Are those numbers changing at all? So there was a dry kindling effect with the old folks. So it's looking better on the actuarial front in the older populations, but the young people, which, you know, they should not be experiencing these excess deaths because they remember old, old people die in greater numbers. Younger people die in fewer yep. numbers. So excess, even though it's it's statistically off the charts, you know, you're not noticing neighbors dropping dead who are, you know, 25 because it's just a lower number. But uh that, that that's the canary in the coal mine for me. And when I when I heard from my whistleblower that Q3 of this year for the society of actuaries is looking like 32%, that's going the wrong way. Mm. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and I, I you know look, I, I want to report good news. I mean, people think I'm the, the gloom and doom prophet. You know, this this is this isn't bode well. Forget. Let's say I'm wrong in the vaccine. This doesn't bode well for the economies of the globe if this trend continues with de- deaths and disabilities and injuries. It's just not good. It just it's going to cripple economic growth, which then reverberates into economic downturns and and more death and more drug use and in more this, alcohol. In the in the well, that's a question. In that thirty percent, can you pull out substance use, substance death, suicide, that kind of thing? Uh, not, not in the U S we're going to look at the CDC data that's coming up. We just haven't been able to get that kind of granularity into the causes. 
Has anyone of your of your all cause mortalities up when it should have been coming down after uh, all the medical interventions? I mean, if, if things worked according to plan, we had a spike in 2020. We should be trending back to baseline by now, at least, and we're not. So, that, and that no one wants to talk about that. Uh, of Weird. the people who have who have been critic critical of you or, or criticized your data, Ed, has anyone postulated um, an alternate uh, explanation for these that you find even interesting or or vaguely credible? Something that you think, hmm. Well, that, look, that could be a contribute anything. Obviously, COVID may have contributed to some of these things uh, away from the vaccine. We did get look. If I'm going to be an honest data analyst, in the cardiovascular signal in twenty in in the UK, fifteen to forty four, there was a thirteen percent rise of cardiovascular in twenty twenty excess cardiovascular events mm -hmm. without a vaccine, and that and that was statistically mm -hmm. significant. So there was a signal without. Uh, a vaccine present. So okay. maybe COVID and the vaccine. So, you know, could COVID be part of this? Sure. But the problem is, uh, as we roll through time, it's Omicron, it's a cold, it's just not what it used to be. So there's, right. there, there could have been more questions in 21 and maybe the beginning of 22. But as we roll through time, and this continues, COVID is becoming less and less of, of an issue. But early on, some of those more deadly variants could have caused some things. And we're open to that. Yeah, I think there's no question. I mean, we know that, as Drew said, we know that the toxic component of this is the spike protein, and the spike protein is clearly present on the virus itself. Yes, when you get vaccinated, you become a little spike protein factory, and you continue to crank out these spike proteins, perhaps in perpetuity, uh, but they do exist on the virus, and there's no question that the endothelial damage, some of the blood vessel damage, the, uh, the thrombogenesis, meaning the, the development of blood clots, um, some of those things absolutely occurred to people who had bad cases of COVID. So I think without question, some of it's attributable to that, but you rightly point out the COVID of today is is fundamentally a bad cold. Um, interestingly, also, you know, now vaccine uptake has essentially fallen to zero. You know, we're down in the, I think, one to three percent vaccine uptake on the current boosters. Um, so hopefully, we'll see some things start to tail off because people are not continuing to inoculate themselves with this uh, with this stuff. Um, but I think. Unfortunately, it's going to take a while to, to show those trends. What's next on your you know, hit parade? Where are you going next with what you're doing? What are you looking for next? Well, like I said, Carlos and Yuri and the team uh, are looking at the CDC data and we'll drill down mm -hmm. into some causes. We have all cause mortality from the CDC, but we don't have causes like we do in the UK. So we want to get that data. We're going to analyze it and present it. There's some... Uh, so there'll be some controversy because of the way the CDC reports it, but we think we're going to be able to untangle that and unhide what some of the trends are, and then we'll report it and we'll see what, uh, let the chips fall where they may. What sort of feedback, if any, have you gotten from uh, agencies like the CDC, the, the FDA, who, who, who at the government level, you know, Drew asked the question, why has, you know, no government uh, looked into these sort of alarming numbers uh, of whatever you want to attribute them to? Uh, what feedback, if any, uh, inquiries have you had from governmental agencies? Uh, none. 
Weird. Have you re- have it's you so reached crazy. out to them at all? Has have you been proactive? Uh, we we were in in, in DC in the uh, end of last year with Senator Ron Johnson. I'd love to get before Congress and talk to Marjorie Taylor Green Green and her committee. And uh, you know there are people in the movement who've been reaching out to her on all sorts of people's behalf. So I'm sh- I'm sure hopefully at some point we get called. I sit down in a suit. Maybe even bring Carlos over from Portugal, and we just go mm-hmm. through the numbers. Right? Wouldn't you think they'd want to see? Take- I mean, that—that's what's so. Oh, that, I, it just, it's so yeah, bizarre that calls, they don't. But, yeah. but think about, yeah, think about that. You—you've you, got a citizen who's who's you know been reporting, you know, consistently, un- overwhelmingly damning data about what's happening to your population, and nobody from the CDC whose job it is to investigate this stuff, even thinks, oh, hey, maybe we ought to talk to this Ed Dowd dude and kind of find out what, you know, he's sitting on and whether or not there's something we ought to be like. I mean, I just find it, it's criminal. Here's the thing, the signals we're seeing, they they have billions of dollars of budget. They have people that do what we do. I'm sure they see the same signals, but they just don't want to talk about it. I mean, that's, in, at the end of my book, I say, look, I get, I don't get into the who and the why, but they see what we see and there's silence on it. That's one of my biggest talking points is silence. These yeah. signals are not rocket science. Yeah. But every country on earth, that's the part that gets me. Wouldn't you think, and, and you have a few MPs in England starting to kind of look mm-hmm. around and you have a few of the EU uh, officials starting to look around, but nothing nothing of any energy, nothing, nothing certainly not mm-hmm. the, the level it should be. Right. Well, I agree with that. And I, you, 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 your, your, your uh, amazement at the situation is the same as mine. Why is yeah. no country investigating this? But the good news is Marjorie Taylor Greene did have Dr. Malone uh, and some others testifies. It was a good beginning. There were three of them. They were uh, uh, Tom Rents was there and another doctor. Mm-hmm. So it's beginning, mm-hmm. and we need to see more of them. That's that. Right. That would be my. I'm not saying that Marjorie Taylor Greene hasn't done a good job. She's just starting. Hopefully, right. I'm uh, bringing somebody up to the uh, podium here to ask a question. Okay. It's uh, Brain Bell, I believe. Yeah. Let's hi, Brain Bell. Hey there, Brain Bell Jangler. Can you there? hear me? Okay. Yeah, we do. Hi, I'd like to ask Mr. Dowd a question about uh, related to uh, athlete deaths and his uh, not necessarily his cause unknown book specifically, but some things that he's uh, been quoted as saying regarding uh, young athletes dying. Uh, One of the things specifically I'd like to ask is why you chose the 2006 Lasan study um, as a baseline for comparing current athlete deaths too. All right. Good and question. Look, uh, the, the sudden athletic deaths are up 10, 20 fold over history. And did they occur before? Sure. And again, that's not, I'm not, that's anecdotal. I make a point because it's, it's something people talk about. But go look at all the rest of the data that we have. It's most sudden athletic deaths are up, and it's undeniable that they're up over what I but grew Ed, up at the Ed, time. Ed, I'm not Ed, Ed, about. What about that? What What about the national that national consortium of uh, reporting? That, that I think it's an international consortium. It's in well, early in South Carolina or something. I read their data a few times, and they consistently say no increase. You know what I'm talking about? 
No, I, I know there's it. issues with people. Well, let, I know yeah, that let it, me, there's let me question ask. about people not reporting to them. No. That's what that's what some of the pushback has been. Can, Go ahead. Can, can I can I can I continue, please? Can I continue, please? Mr. Dowd and others have consistently cited the 2006 Lasan study, which shows roughly about 29 uh, athletes Correct. globally were dying. But but there's a couple things about the Lasan study. One, it's not original research. Its goal was not to get a definitive count of athlete deaths. Um, they were they were looking for protocols for for the Olympic uh, committee. They, they weren't trying yep. to count out athlete deaths. They were looking in literature already available, and some of the literature goes back to let's face it, basically prehistoric times as far as information is concerned. They go back to the 1960s. Meanwhile, there are many studies after the 2006 Lasan study that show athletes dying at much higher rates. You ignored, and, and I'm not just blaming you, Mr. Dowd, there's others, uh, McCullough, uh, RFK Jr., Corey, uh, Malone, Kirsch, they all referenced this 2006 Lasan study, and they ignore the 2009 Moran study, for instance, which found that almost 70 a year died sudden deaths okay, in just the let, United let me get States. Okay, the let, me, let me get in here. The 2013 Choice Study found 52 to 70 deaths, depending on how you classify an athlete. Uh, the 2020 so, yeah. Peterson Study found 43 sudden cardiac Great. deaths. Let me in the let me jump States in. Let me alone. jump in here. So the, the so two, what so you refer on. to Great is go. yeah. Hold so on. what you refer to because I, I am very well versed in this. What you refer to as the 2006 Lausanne study was a 40 plus year study run by the International Olympic Committee, as you rightly point out, in an effort to provide guidelines to physicians on what level of cardiac testing should be done to um, to give somebody a stamp of approval to go ahead and participate in sports. And they looked specifically at Olympic level or comparable athletes globally. And they came over that 40 plus year period that on average, somewhere in the range of 29 Olympic level elite athletes dropped dead of sudden cardiac arrest uh, on an annual basis. So even if that order were, if that was off by an order of magnitude, we still eclipsed that number by thousands and thousands. We were up 29 per year globally was the average over a 40 plus year when in the first year of the vaccine, we were having 1200 a month globally. No, so no. It was by Where was that magnitude no, that no, we were so not having 1200 athletes dying a month. Where was it, Kelly? Where, was, where are you getting that data? I, Th that is the data that's been Where's reported, that Drew, from the, no, I, I can no, no. the studies. I, I, and so the no. reality is this. The reality is no, this. It's by an order of magnitude, and that is why people no, have no, the, the Lausanne no. study was. So hold on. No. Hold on. Let's just hear yes. each other out. So Brain no, go ahead. The, 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 the 1,200 a month is ridiculous. It's more like <laughs> I the, think it's the number that's getting tossed around is 1,200 a year. And do you guys know where that comes from? No. It comes from a, an, an anonymous, and it comes from an anonymous blog called Good Sciencing, and it's everybody on your from. side of the aisle refers to this anonymous blog's phony numbers. What, what side of the aisle am I on? Not me. <laughs> what side of the aisle Not me. Am I on? <laughs> anybody who's arguing, anybody <laughs> who's arguing that that uh, more that uh, athletes are dying at a tenfold or hundredfold or whatever fold rate you want to mention, anybody who's mm. arguing that. 
is simply wrong. The good science right, insight has been, has, been, has been used by, uh, by McCullough, by Kirsch, by Corey, yeah, I've heard by that. Mr. Dowd, yes. also references good sciencing in his cause well, unknown. So hold book. on. So let me, let's give Ed a chance to talk about that data. So hold on a second. So hold on. Go ahead, Ed. Uh, the good science data, I, I've heard criticism of that as well. I don't, I can't remember if I, if it was referenced in my book, to be honest, I haven't read my book lately, but here's the bottom line. You mentioned, you mentioned studies and, and, uh, about 70 a year, 60 a year, a hundred a year. Look, we have orders of magnitude well above that. And I've all, we, we don't, we don't even, we, that's just an inter, a part of the book where we introduce people to the concept. Then I go into all sorts of mega metadata where there are hard statistical signals. So don't tell me people aren't well, dying. This is, this is on, great hang things. on. So Ed, this is on sudden car cardiac deaths in athletes. Is that what you're referencing or just increase in deaths generally? No, what I'm saying is in the book, I never say, oh, the vaccines are causing, uh, the, the, the vaccines are, the, 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 the linchpin of my argument isn't sudden athletic deaths. It's an interesting phenomenon. We have anecdotal evidence. There are hundreds and hundreds of, of sudden athletic deaths in my book of young people. And mm -hmm. if you're saying it's 70, 100, we had a month with over 100. There's not a month that goes by where we, we don't have 29 or so. They're all over the place. Where, where does that come? Open where is that eyes. data published? Where is that published, that data? And that's athletes. The, the, the story, in my book, I have hundreds and hundreds of examples that are just above the 29 a year, just, just in that year. Again, I'm not going to argue about some athletic deaths. You know, they're up. They're up orders of magnitude. Correct. And the 29, to be clear, Ed, the 29 per year cited in the Lausanne study is globally. The 100 over 100 you're talking about in a month is in the United States. Globally, Correct. this is a orders of magnitude. It's thousands per month. And you would think that, that I forget there's a national, I had it, I had it up here a minute ago. There's, there's a national sort of repository of data about the, uh, about cardiac deaths in athletes and, and they're denying any increase. Um, and now who's I know they? there's some criticism. Who's, that who's people, denying? Right. I, who's denying? Uh, yeah. this, let me see if I can find the group. Moderna? Uh, yeah. I, no, no. Um, but it, it is a group that here, no, this is the, um, uh, 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 hold on. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the article. I'm trying to find the name of the organization that is denying everything. Uh, shoot. Well, I'm sorry. I'm looking, I'm looking at a, a study here by, um, it's in factcheck.org that that necessarily means anything, uh, by a Sarnak Spencer. This is in January 23, a, a update in April 23. Uh, gosh, I, I know there's an organization, but I'd seen criticisms that nobody knew that that organization existed, so they didn't know to they didn't know to call them or report things to them. Here, the National Center for Catastrophic Sports Injury Research. Have you heard of that? No, no, no clue who okay. they are. Or who <laughs> well, them, so. Okay, they they are high school and college athletes. Uh, they they've covered shows that 21 athletes died in there that year, 20 to 21, uh, that's the National Center. But you're saying, but even that though, if you're saying normally it's 29 in the world, that should be a Correct. pretty alarming number. Yeah. Correct. It, okay, but, interesting. Uh, yeah, and, and I'd have and to he look was and see saying who funds that, 
And he was saying that uh, that there were increases after that Lausanne study to up towards 70. Uh, again, is that in the world he was referencing, I'm wondering. But all right, enough of that. Well, uh, but I know that people go round and round and round on these data, which I is kind of interesting. I, I want to mention something, too, is that I, you know, I've sat mm. here and I've produced over probably 150 episodes every year of the show. And not one time has a guest mm. come on here and quoted data from goodsciencing.com. That's that's never happened on the show. We've mentioned it one time before. I, I've seen but we've it. Never know, used that data. Well, it, I no, I agree yeah. with you. It's never come up. But I, I have seen people being accused of using it on Twitter. Right. I, I've, I, that has mm -hmm. come up all over the place. So I've never cited it, yeah. and I don't believe it's in my yeah. book. I have to check, but I don't think it's in my book. I've never even heard of it before. <laughs> so well, I, I've heard, never I think heard of it. Just before. look. It's important to to check our data, check our sources. Yeah. That's all. I, I have no problem yeah. with that at all. Uh, all right, guys, we are we are up against the clock here. Uh, Ed, it's always interesting to talk to you. What, what shall we look forward to coming forward? Uh, well, look forward to the CDC report. And uh, the, mm -hmm. we got the disability number coming out this Friday, unfortunately. Uh, I'm hoping that it goes down, not up. And uh, we'll see. Uh, it, it shot up a million in June, came back a little bit. It's testing resistance. Or, or support, I should say. And if it bounces from here, we've got problems. If it breaks, then we, you know, we've got good news. So let's hope it breaks. Let's not hope it goes up. When do you expect to see the, have yeah. the data prepared? Oh, it'll be out on Friday with the payroll number. I'll just, oh, I'll wow. just shoot, a quick, okay. I'll shoot a quick tweet. And I'll, I'll just, it, okay. it's simple. It's either going to be up or down, whatever the number is. Right. All right. Uh, and Kelly, thank you as always. Uh, I believe we'll see you again uh, next week, right? I don't and, think uh, I'm, the, I don't think I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't is think that, I'm on correct? I, Okay. I think you, Caleb can put up the, uh, the schedule there, but Ed, always great to see you. Um, and I love, you know, thank you for everything you are doing. Um, and, and reporting these numbers, it's critically important. And I appreciate truly, this is not your core business. You are doing this as a public service. And I think people need to recognize that which yeah, you're providing, I, I, wanna, I think yep. is invaluable. I want to say one thing we're doing it for free and free is not going to last forever. We're going to move on to what we do, our day job. Yeah. So if people uh, want to question our motives, we've not grifted or made any money off this free I data. Agree. So thank yep. you very much for trying to accuse me of that in, in the trolling. It doesn't work because I've made zero money off our data. And that's why I'm pointing out, I appreciate Ed. what you have done as a public health service. You've done it, um, you know, truly at no benefit to yourself. You have no motivation that I can determine other than that you're trying to report as somebody who is a, a pattern recognition guy and reporting what you are seeing. And I appreciate it. And I think people need to look at who has a, uh, who's actually making money on this. And I could tell you right now, it isn't you, it isn't me. Uh, I am not making money on what I am reporting. I'm doing because I think it's important. Yeah, there's no money in free, right. unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but we appreciate you right. coming here and sharing the data with us very much. It's it's always deeply appreciated. And uh, again, I, I just think it's important to, if somebody wants to call and question, give you a chance to, to address it. I'm sure you have answers. And so there we are. So uh, we will leave it at that for right now. Um, and I'll let Ed and Kelly go. Thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it so much. And uh, we have a Salty Cracker in here on Tuesday, the 12th. Everyone's very excited about that. 
uh, Senator Rand Paul on the 13th, Mary Tally Bowden coming in after that, Michelle Effendi, uh, and then uh, Roseanne uh, later in the in the uh, early part of January. So uh, I have to have a procedure tomorrow. I'm having some stuff done on my shoulders. Hopefully i get quickly back from that. And I believe we are back again uh, on Tuesday, and we will see you then at our usual time. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Thank <laughs> you.